You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, and welcome to The Compass, the podcast documenting the struggles of life as an artist. I'm Leah Walsh. My guest today is Caroline Wright. Caroline is an amazing cook. She's a food writer and stylist. She writes articles and cookbooks and is just a really hardworking freelancer who inspires me very much. Caroline is a friend of my husband's from high school days in Florida, and I am grateful that when they reconnected in New York around the time that he and I started dating, I was welcomed by her as family, and she has been such a joy to know ever since. She's someone who brings a community together, Uh, with friendship and her amazing food, no matter what she's doing. And now that she lives in Seattle, I miss her gathering so much. She's currently on a book tour, promoting her new cookbook, Cake Magic. So we Skyped between New York and Minneapolis for this conversation. So there are a few times when the, um, the Skype froze, but we managed to pick up the conversation right back where we left off. I hope you enjoy the 41st episode of The Compass. describe to people what you do like if someone asks you what you do what do you say well I feel like I always tell them you know that I write recipes for a living but it's you know a little more than that because I'm a cook who writes and a writer who cooks and it's a job that people don't really know exists so I'm always explaining it mm-hmm. I also style food for a living, so I make things look pretty for pictures. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's a complicated but cool, cool, nebulous job, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> well, I look at what you do as extremely artistic, and I know you have so many, your hands in so many different things, and you've been involved in so many different artistic things, like, throughout your life, but for what you're doing right now, like, what do you do when you find yourself going to the dark side with what you do? <laughs> and what is the dark side for you right now? <laughs> well, there's such a, I mean, I do feel, thank you for saying that it's artistic. Cause I, I do feel like there is an underpinning of that for me, for sure. Um, because, you know, I'm telling stories through food and, you know, I'm connecting with people on this very primal level and everybody has a connection to food and it brings out all kinds of really lovely things in people. And, um, that's definitely, that is the point of entry for me as a cook and a writer for sure. The dark side for me, it's sad because I think just like, you know, actors, most of the people you have on this podcast, you know, there's a, 
problem of you know momentum and inertia like you have to keep you're only as good as your next thing and there is that pressure and that's a really scary place to be in because it doesn't allow um for a lot of you know failure or you know there's so much pressure to have like a style and no oh no i you froze sorry oh sorry so much pressure to have a style yeah it's it's there's so much pressure to have a style and like uh, a way of cooking and um a way of writing and that's not great because you know sometimes you're figuring that out as you go which certainly has been my case um and only now in the past couple of like past year or so can I I've really honed in on what that means to me um but it's just hard to be out productive you know while you're in that you know critical space and so the dark side I would say is like the lonely place of not knowing what your next project is and you know not knowing you know if if people care about what you're saying or like if the food that you're making is working for people like it's it's a hard um it's a hard place to be in for sure so when you're when you're having one of those days where you're not feeling inspired or you're feeling like you're not getting the feedback from the world that you desire (laughs) what what can help you take take yourself out of that place? Well, um, I mean, I, it still is food. So obviously I have a love of food and <laughs> it makes people happy. So even if I'm not connecting to like this ideal reader or this ideal market or whatever, you know, I can still have a dinner party and have people I love over and, you know, give people hugs and make <laughs> dishes that they like. And that has, that has really brought me through a lot and how that, actually manifested in my career at really dark times was like silly things like a blog, you know, something where I wasn't, I had very low expectations for, you know, return of any sort of, um, you know, definitely monetary sort, but certainly any sort of professional sort, those things actually ended up helping me like find my voice and find my footing, um, in really, really momentous ways. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like if you take away that pressure, of, oh, this is the thing that's going to make me all my money, then you can just relax and express yourself fully. For sure. It's it's, it, it's finding a way to be able to do both at the same time that's tricky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cookbooks, it stinks, because that's what I'm doing now. I mean, it's, it's amazing, but the part of cookbooks that stinks in terms of getting your next gig is it's so competitive. You know, the people who are getting the big deals are people who are already famous, and, but there's the catch 22 is like, you can't, I, I'm a person who writes recipes. Like, why would anyone know <laughs> what it is that I do, right. you know? So like, how do you get, um, out there enough, but not, you know, be cheesy and still find who you are. Can you just tell us so the listeners know a little bit about the book that you're promoting right now? Yes. Um, so I, you're literally speaking to me while I'm on book tour away (laughs) from my life and away from my home kitchen. (laughs) Um, Is it driving you crazy to stay in hotels without, (laughs) without a kitchen? (laughs) Yes. Yes. And eating road food, road food constantly on book tour is one of those things that, you know, 
I'm learning an awful lot about being slightly fancier right now. Which is very <laughs> it's true. I have a babysitter. There's someone who babysits me. Did you know that there's something called a media handler? There's someone who takes me from my events to my hotels, like takes, gets me, does my bidding. It's super weird. <laughs> um, Make sure you don't <laughs> run away. Yeah, no, yeah, literally, because it costs so much money for them to send me out on these things. So, um, you know, there's someone who can account for all of my movements. (laughs) And this Um, is all through your publisher who organizes the press tour? Yeah, exactly. So I have a publicist for this book. And so to answer your original question, um, I'm promoting Cake Magic, which has been really cool because my first book was like a savory book. And so everyone's been asking me like, oh, why cakes? Like, why, why now? And so I've had to come up with answers to those questions, (laughs) which sound a little bit like bullshit at the beginning, but I have come to really internalize them and it's made a lot of sense for me, um, is that it's a very, you know, service oriented book. It's meant to make everyone be able to make a cake, um, and, literally everyone from like vegans gluten-free people starting from like an at-home basically box mix that you make and you use like three cups for this cake and four cups for that cake Hmm. um but it's i've really been connecting with a lot of people who are just like new bakers really intimidated and you know my first book 20 dollar 20 minute meals is similar in the sense that it's trying to get people to make food scratch food at home um, fast, but and it's very technique driven, you know, it's very simple, good stuff. Um, and that's what the cake book is too. It's just once the sweet side, once the savory side. And that is what I have come to answer as my style is realizing, you know, I really like giving people no, like taking away the excuses to cook and bake and just do a really good job of telling the story and writing really good recipes. And, um, once I've centered it in that place, I'm like, oh, now I feel like I could do like any book that I want. <laughs> I could do like a any. I don't. I don't even right. know what's next. Because <laughs> you have that strong point of view that you've articulated for yourself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. I feel like I have my subject now. At, at getting in contact with, you know, just having like these really like eager, open-faced people coming up to me and telling me things that they respond to about my work, and that has been really helpful. That sounds like really gross and ego-driven. That's that's not where I'm coming from. It's just, um, it's been a really interesting experience interacting with more and more people who, like, actually have their hands on my work. Yeah. Um, no, I think, I think especially when you're doing something where you spend a lot of time in the making of the book, like a time alone, testing yeah, these recipes and in your kitchen so to have people actually tell you oh I'm, I'm using this tool is really helpful to me that's yeah, great and really and cake it's been it actually really has been so fun like yeah it's a fun um, topic yeah like people show up and they are usually like all my events have been like slices of cake and glasses of champagne and I'm like yeah this is, this is easy I can talk to you your crowd like this yeah. is great well and cake <laughs> is something that's usually associated with a celebration yeah, Which totally, yeah, exactly. totally goes into what you were saying about stories and being involved Make, in people's lives. Here. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Really cool. Well, Frankie so, and I so, so. have been talking about we need to order it. We're really excited to. Well, I gotta make a cake for you. I miss you guys. <laughs> I miss you too. And I mean, what you were saying about having, you know, having the power to invite people into your home and just have a dinner party when you're feeling down, like, that's something I miss so much about you living in New York, is you, (laughs) you were the best at bringing people together, 
and or- just organizing the friends night where everyone comes over and you make some amazing food and everyone's just chilling and it gets everyone out of their own little habitat to socialize <laughs> in person. And I really, I really admire that about you and I miss it. Uh, well, I, I, I miss it too. Frankly, <laughs> after having two kids, <laughs> it hasn't been entirely obvious how to uh, rein that back in, but yeah. I'm finding that happy. It, it's, th- there is an end in sight soon in Seattle. We've created a structure where I can start to do that again, which is actually very, very helpful for me in my work. Um, having a place that, you know, I'm getting very, very busy. I'm working on my third book already. Um, I'm working at a a different project, like a sort of fourth book for someone else. And so I'm like just exploding with the amount of work that I'm doing and being able to have people, people over for my next project, which is, um, like a Spanish cookbook. Uh-huh. And it's the idea of having dinner parties with paella. Yes. Excited. <laughs> <laughs> I am really, it's going to be awesome. Can we talk a little bit about this just huge transition that your life has gone through in the last, what is it? Four years? Three, like, yeah, I guess. Kids? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Since, yeah. Um, he's four. He's turning four. Yeah, oh my goodness. Since uh, getting pregnant and leaving New York, and now you, you guys were in Texas, and now you're in Seattle. And I know that location is so important to you, and I'm just curious about how geography affects people artistically. So what what has that migration been like for you, and how has it affected your work? Well, um it is hard. Uh, in the beginning, it was really hard because, you know, the bottom sort of fell out of my work. Um, I was feeling like I was hitting a stride where I was working a lot in New York. And so what I do is called, you know, food editorial and the hub of food editorial was really in New York, all the magazines, all the book publishers, everyone was there. And you were freelancing. Yeah. And and I was, I was like, I was, you know, getting contacts and rising and struggling as a freelancer. I was getting to be a busy person. And then suddenly I found out that I was knocked up <laughs> and I had to leave. Geography um, and also huge topic, kids, kids. Yes, yes, those things happened at exactly the same time. So for me, they one can't really be extracted from the other. Um, but so, yeah, the bottom falling out of my life and leaving New York and all of my friends and everything that I had known. Um, but the crazy story is that it's so, so crazy. So you might remember this. Um, I, I left New York literally on the last day that I could fly because <laughs> I, I love New York so much. I had no intention of leaving ever. I always wanted to raise my kids there. Um, it's just this magical, loving, loving place for me. And so, um, but cookbooks are what I always wanted to do by the time that I had kids but I didn't actually have anything going in that, in that direction by the time <laughs> I was knocked up. And that was like the one last thing. And I was like, oh, shit, this is early. Like, <laughs> I, I did a couple more years. <laughs> um, so what happened was is literally, and this, is, this isn't bullshit. Um, I, I don't remember, know if you remember this, but I turned on my phone when the wheels touched down in Dallas and I had an email from this agent that signed me like five years before when I was like some unknown blogger, just like a random thing. And I had self-published that $20, 20-minute meals book, which right. used to be a, a column on my blog. And I was shutting down my blog and I turned it into this self-published book. And I mean, I like took all the photos on a cool pics camera. Like I wasn't expecting anything to happen with it. It was just like I did it for cathartic reasons to feel good about closing my blog down, I guess. And I used to teach classes at the Brooklyn Kitchen on it and whatever. And she had found my book 
so yeah she I got this email from my now editor who said that she wanted to buy the book the whole thing like my photos everything and that she wanted to um buy it in like a month like and I was seven months pregnant at the time and moving to a new city and all this crazy stuff and uh so that's just that's a that's a totally crazy story where really what I had wanted in my career happening at the same time in the time of what well, it just really did happen that way but um you know I, I I was very lucky it was serendipitous really right that's crazy timing yeah yeah and oh so so how yeah also moving out of New York yeah, yeah it was it was really sad and weird and you know being alone and again my friends and I mean, you know, you said it yourself, having people over at our house was like, it was so important to me. And it was a huge part of how I like relaxed and played in the kitchen. And it was like such a source of love and home. Like it was my home and to just have that taken away and, you know, start, start working on like different projects and not having the people I love eating my food was really hard. Yeah. And I mean, you guys moved because Garth got his first job as a lawyer in Texas, Right. right? Right, right. Which obviously when you're about to have a kid is super important and I'm sure it was so helpful in some ways to have someone who had like a full-time job Yeah, as well. Yeah. Our dynamic is really helpful. It has allowed, because I have like, we have the straight job plus creative job dynamic, it has meant that, you know, in slow times or hard times lately in the past like year or two um I've been able to make probably riskier decisions that I wouldn't have been able to make when I was in New York paying like you know a full mortgage type prices for rent (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah yeah so in Seattle Dallas was a hard place for me because I didn't have any friends and it was it was hard and it was like starting being a mom and it was an interesting dynamic, but now in Seattle where there are like like-minded people, there are, we're friends with artists. We have a lot of similar like parent friends who are like, you know, doing cool things and not being the only woman in a room who like has a job and is also a mom. That's all, that's been um, a really helpful and good thing for me. And not feeling so singled out as a freelancer, which in Dallas was, it was a little bit, it just happened to be the dynamic of where we right. were. I know there are cool I people mean, who live there. We just didn't happen to have access to Yeah, them. I feel like that's so not, like, that's not as much the norm as it is in New York. Right, right. And I was, and see, in New York, I feel like everybody, you go into a party or like, you know, when I would have people over at our house, no matter what it was that they were doing, everybody was chasing some sort of dream and like, I just want to have conversations with people like that. And that was not, those were not the conversations I was really having um, in Dallas, but I'm, we're finding them again. We are finding them again. I still miss, I, I still miss my home. I still miss my friends. It's uh, New York still is home for my heart, but it just realistically with the two kids, you know, going back to New York, it felt like it, it really felt like it was going to be a really hard thing for me selfishly it felt like I was going to be moving back to New York with these expectations for my friends and my work and then I wasn't going to be able to do any of those things to the level that I was used to before I had kids and I didn't want that to fall on me you know um, I was going to be the one who would have to make up the difference just financially and I knew that I that's a lot of pressure creatively to just like, I was going to have to maybe start, you know, take like a full-time job again as a, as a recipe developer or a food editor. And I wasn't 
really wanting that life after my time away and experiencing things differently as a more like out of New York paced freelancer. So can I just out of like talking about like the nitty gritties of how people structure their lives, are you, how are you guys figuring out childcare with two kids now? Like, are you able to do a lot of your work at, with them at the same time? Or do you, do you need to get some space to be able to write and everything? Well, what I can say that is definitely true since I've had kids, I used to be very precious about my writing process, you know, like, oh, everything has to be quiet and I need, you know, this time and I need a cup of tea and I need everything (laughs) to be so perfect. And now, I mean, I've gotten really good at just like, you know, oh, I'm mid-sentence in a paragraph and I got to stop because someone's woken up from their nap and okay, cool. And then like, I'm really good at dialing back into that headspace much faster now um, so thanks, adaptive brain. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> yeah. But, um, childcare, I mean, I was very lucky, um, with my, with $20, 20 minute meals, as, as I said, it was like already basically written. And with this cake book, Henry, my first kid was like, he's just a really good sleeper. He napped really well. So like I had, I knew what my day was going to be like, like I knew where my pockets of time were and I could just, you know, dial in really quickly and make really good use of it. And, uh, I have not found that to be true since my second son, Theodore was born. (laughs) It's been been a lot harder. Yeah. (laughs) Having two kids means there's just no downtime, like one kid naps. And so I've had to start, I'm on deadline, uh, in December is my, my next book, my manuscript is due. And, um, to reach that finish line, I've, you know, had to talk to, to Garth and my husband and, um, you know, various other caregivers that we have in our lives, just random people being like, Hey, I need to figure out like a mommy's helper situation. Cause <laughs> I need time to write. Yeah. Well, I think <laughs> it's, it's hard when you like are working out of your home cause there's yeah. not that clear delineation. Okay. Okay. This is the time. The boundary. Where I am oh, yeah. not accessible. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, toddlers who broom trucks throughout every room of the house or, you know, <laughs> need help wiping their butt or whatever. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a hard, it is a hard thing, um, but good, too. Uh, can I ask about, like, when you were self-publishing that book and when you were freelancing more in New York, because I think this is applicable to all sorts of freelancers in the arts, did you find any challenges or tools or tricks for um asking for what you were worth in those situations because I know it's it's a hard thing to do that's a really good question um the answer is is no not I I didn't I don't think I have ever done a great job with that but but the confidence and what little strides I did make in that area were just befriending other people I've been very lucky to have some lovely mentors who have just been um very open with what can be expected of you know me and learning the ropes and all that kind of stuff um so I've I've had identified a couple of people and I've had to like you know put on the big girl panties and like ask people (laughs) questions that 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 you know seem uncouth or whatever like asking you know what rates are and you know how of protecting yourself and realizing that actually if you charge less for your work, you're actually bringing down your whole industry. Um, you know, you're actually doing your friends a disservice if you don't protect what they 
they work for. So mm-hmm. once you think of it that way and you're part of a community, then it's like it feels less um, icky, for lack of a better word. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like when you're helping your team, you're doing the right thing. Awesome. Do you feel like you're running your own business? I've, I've often felt, and I don't know if actors feel this way, I'm not sure, but, um, so I feel like I have two different jobs, actually. Um, I feel like I've had the job of just doing my actual work, you know, like writing recipes and food styling, whatever I'm doing at the time. And then I have the job of managing my brand, and that is something I don't like to do at all uh you know like I don't like promoting myself right I don't like writing you know Facebook posts and Instagram stuff I mean that's not who I am and but when you get a book contract like I've literally been coached by people that they have expectations that you have to be doing these things a certain number of times per day and you know so for me that is not it's not an obvious thing like so what I like to write recipes I like to tell stories and but you know for some people like that kind of self-promotion is a little bit more seamless. You know, they, they have, they have a community. They're like sending the word of something that they're saying out into a group of people that respond to them <laughs> and like support the things that they're saying. It's not just being shouted into a void and uh, saying right. something because someone told me to, uh, it's a very different. So that aspect, um, I do feel like I've been running my own business in addition to being a weird, like marketing person for myself. Right. It's really hard to get a hold of that stuff. Yeah, and I just don't like it. <laughs> and I feel like it changes all the time too. Yeah, it's like I, I don't know how to use boomerang. What is boomerang? <laughs> it looks cool, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> or like like Instagram live feed, like Snapchat, yeah. all this stuff. I don't know. I, you know, like I I don't know. I don't know. I try to like disconnect from like tv and the internet as much as i can to stay quiet and to stay focused on my goals like a food and thinking about other people and like not getting confused by all the stimulus and stuff but that's really hard that is literally antithetical to what they need me to do so um that's been a challenge have they because i know everybody has to deal with that social media stuff now have have you gotten any good advice from these publicists about doing it um well i feel like well again it's just a little bit different with this cake book and having a subject that people actually like more readily want to engage with it's just it's a little different um the advice that i've gotten no not not really mostly like they just prescribe things onto right, me like telling technical. me what to do yeah and that is um, that isn't very helpful because I'm aware that I need to do it. But um, I love that you're you're doing something so physical that I literally you posted that little video of how to butter and flour a cake pan <laughs> earlier today, and I watched it like five times because I was like, this is so, this like fast forwarded video of flouring a cake pan. I was like, this looks amazing. <laughs> Those are I can I can watch a good high speed video of someone decorating a cookie like on loop. sorted out at all so I don't really know how to do it all I can say is um, I've been sharing more now since I've been on book tour mostly because I find myself with pockets of time where I where people don't want to engage with me maybe it's because like 
and I'm alone. I'm just like alone a lot more. Right. Um, I've been sharing what I've been doing and I've been getting more response. I've been connecting with people and I've been using it as a tool to connect to the crowds that I'm with. So saying like, Hey, if you make a cake, I'll post it on my Instagram feed. I'm really proud of you. This is really exciting. I like that aspect of it. Um, and that's been working well for me lately. I don't know how it's working for other people, but it's working <laughs> better. I feel like I'm having more interesting things to say. Yeah, well, and since you're on the tour, it's easy to kind of build off of those platforms that you're already getting, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Very it's cool. been, it, that, that part has been really nice. And again, using it as a way to like just continue connections with people, that, that's that has been helpful. But before, again, when I'm just like shouting into a void, being told what to do, that has been not great. What did you major in in college? I was a comparative literature major. And when did you decide, did you decide to go to culinary school since you were studying in Paris? Or what was the... <laughs> I'm a stereotype, yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> you were in college for the whole time in Paris, right? Yeah, exactly. I went to a four-year university, but I happened to graduate in three years. So I took my fourth okay. year and went to culinary school and, you know, did that, did all that kind of stuff. And then started off, I, I, am sort of the first generation of what I do, food editorial people, um, who like set out to do this. Historically, the people who do what I do often were like working in a newspaper in the like travel section. And then the travel section got eaten up into the food section and they suddenly find themselves as food writers. Right. Um, so now, like, there are actually people who, like, go to culinary school to be food writers, um, and I was sort of at the very beginning of that. And I, w I was very fortunate to be very, very young. Um, you know, I, since I graduated a little bit early, I, like, you know, got right in with Martha and, and did that whole thing early, early on, a big break. And that, that has, my whole career has sort of fallen from that one that's, thing. That's and Martha Stewart, if anyone doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Martha Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's, it's, you know, capital M Martha in my world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you were working on her magazine, right? Yeah, yeah, Everyday Food Magazine. It doesn't exist anymore, but it was, it, that was awesome because it was basically a tiny cookbook that was published. At, I mean, I guess all food magazines are, but this just was very dense with recipes. And so they just literally needed people to be profusely writing all the time so I was like young and hungry ha 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 um <laughs> and uh just able to d produce a lot um so that was very helpful that set standards too for my like you know motivation I guess yeah. <laughs> can this is a technical question but can I ask about self-publishing that book just for anyone yeah. else out there who might want to do something like that at some point yeah, well, and I didn't know what I was doing. I really didn't. Um, so I basically, you know, uh, had to do a lot of research on the various components. So, like, when you're self-publishing a book, at least back when I did it, um, which now I guess is, like, I don't even know. Yeah, I'm Maybe. sure some things have changed, but... A lot, yeah, so now there are, Was like... it, like, 2010, 2009? Yeah, it, yeah 2000, 2010, yeah, that sounds right. Because I remember, you asked me to test a vegetarian recipe, and I remember, yes! I remember which, which apartment I was living in at the time. <laughs> That's true. I remember. That's awesome. Um, good memory. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I had to, like, I did all the legwork that companies now do for you, so there are, like, publishing 
companies like blurb is a good one um people who like already choose various types of binding and paper quality and you know they already have like will show you what their photos will print like and all that stuff well i hadn't identified a company like that when i did this so i did all of that work by myself so that was a little bit hard but um so i just literally found a printer i i did some research i found a printer um online and i got samples and i like you know, held them in my hands. And I decided that this was like the size of a book that I wanted. If I printed, you know, 500 of these versus 200, what price break would occur and all that kind of stuff. So again, I, there are literally companies that do this now, but, but I, I didn't have that back then. And so then, just someone being nice to me. That's yeah. what it was. Someone t- holding my hand and walking me through it. And then did you just start selling it out on your website or did you approach other platforms? Well, um, no, that's a good question, too. That was a hard component, um, which I do think ultimately is what sort of got me the street cred to get my book deals that have followed is, um, you know, no, I like went in Brooklyn. I knew my market was like for this book was all my friends, all the people that I wrote those recipes for were all living around me. And so I went to, you know, the Brooklyn kitchen, for example, I went to like you know, local places. I was like, Hey, yeah, I live in Brooklyn. Um, this is the, this is the, I just made this, I was calling it a zine at the time just because it felt a little hipper than like (laughs) my little book. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I just, um, Brooklyn kitchen just really latched onto it and sold a bunch of copies. And then I just took that success and like took it to other like local bookstores and stuff. And, um, I was really trying to, do something a little bit closer to home like and that was really important to me to like connect with more local you know very close by literally uh, close by me places um so that it it was literally just walking in showing people the books and then like having people like leaf through it and say no to which was neat (laughs) 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 but um yeah I mean it was it seems crazy now telling it's like it sounds like a myth like a story it sounds really you know premeditated looking back on it now but at the time I was just like yeah shit I've just spent money on this thing I gotta see how I can get it into people's hands I don't know no one cares about me online I love that though because I feel like like you said like food food brings people together and everything's online now so it's really precious to find those opportunities where even you just like walking into the bookstore and actually talking to somebody yeah like those things are few and far between now and it was pretty cool because so I remember I actually remember sending the book out to my now editor I remember like freaking out because it was an address from like New York City publishing house I was like oh shit this is going to a publishing house so I had my book um, because I could have like have it in my hands and it was pretty thin and I could pop it in the mail pretty easily. So all the people I'd cultivated throughout my career, um, I sent them copies and asked them if they could write a quote about it just for me to share on my website or whatever. Yeah. And so when I got this, this book order from a publishing house, I printed out all of my quotes and I folded the piece of paper in half and I shoved it in the book and I sent it along without any other note or anything. I, you know, played dumb and uh, I got a call like that was when I got a call like two weeks later or whatever That's on the way, way to Dallas. So everything, you know, for me, it really, I've been very, very fortunate that, um, the types 
the amount of effort that I've given at the various points of my life to things that have meant something to me have sort of culminated in something that, um, you know, has led to an actual career that I wanted. That's amazing. How has your family reacted to your career as a, a freelance, <laughs> a freelancing chef? Is there, well, are there any other creatives in your family? Yeah. Um, yes. I feel like, I mean, this, the, the, any disappointment that they would have had to process of me not having like a quote unquote straight job or whatever that happened when I went to culinary school. Um, you know, <laughs> they, they, they didn't see that one coming for me, which is silly. Looking back now, I used to like develop recipes for fun my whole <laughs> life. Like that is all I've ever done. My, and I'm exactly the same person now as I was when I was like 10. Oh my gosh. Frankie knows. It's true. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they were really scared for my decision when I was in New York after, when I worked at Martha, I felt like there was, um, you know, felt like there was some purpose and there was an institution that was backing what I was doing, so they felt, like, secure in my decision and whatever, and including myself, I felt secure in it, too. But then afterwards, when I was a freelancer, um, I, I feel like there was definitely pressure to, you know cut bait and you know maybe give up or or but it was hard you know people supported I mean I just never let grass grow under my feet just because I'm I guess I'm that kind of person who do likes to move forward and I was putting that pressure on myself also and right. just wanting to see what was coming next and um so my yeah it, it they, they've been proud of me I mean it's weird that I'm like this 50s housewife person I didn't set out to be that person <laughs> I don't know about that just because just because your books are about cake doesn't mean that you're <laughs> no but I'm a woman who cooks from home mm-hmm. it seems like in, in Dallas certainly it was hard to explain that in a way that didn't just come across like very very stereotypical right um and that was an ego trip for me. I wanted to be like, no, no, I do. Like, I'm legit. This isn't how I picture myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, so yeah, it's it's been a growing, weird, growing experience for me. And I know it's that's true of all artists. And I really do appreciate you identifying me that way because I do, in my heart, I definitely do identify that way. Oh, that's um, why I asked you to be on. I. Yeah, you're just you're just such a hustler too, and like there's so much overlap between what we do that yeah I'm fascinated. Well, that's why I like exclusively cultivate you know artist and actor friends because <laughs> and we're always hungry, so it works out well for everybody. Literally, exactly. <laughs> we will not turn away delicious free food. <laughs> exactly, uh, and it's always my pleasure. Well, I, I love it so much. I know your parents have been really helpful, like as being the grandparents while you're traveling, right? Yeah, literally. Um, Even though you guys don't live near each other. No, no, they live quite literally as far away from me as they could. They live in Florida, and I mm-hmm. now live in Seattle, so it takes, like, great plane flights and a lot of money and time to go see each other and stuff. But, um, yeah, in that sense, uh, so for me being on book tour, for now my, my next book is, like I said, it's on it's a Spain Spanish cookbook, so I'm having to go to Spain. Um, when are you so going? I'm going in like two weeks. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Sorry. Just got I'm excited there. 
it's exciting. It is exciting. It's a lot of eating. It's a it's a lot of sitting around at a table and um, not writing the entire time, which is very stressful. <laughs> and I gotta be cool because I'm like with another. I'm with a Spaniard who like these are all of his friends. I can't just be like the hustler American the entire time. <laughs> have to be cool. Um, which I have a hard time with sometimes. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, my, my parents, my dad specifically, who is retired, um, is so helpful and so generous with his time to take care of the kids. And he, he, he sees it as like this wonderful privilege and he just has really like leaned into that role, really, really loves it, and sort of flashes forward to this, like, already nostalgic thing with the kids, like, oh, well, they're gonna have summers with their grandparents, and that's so nice, they'll have memories, and I appreciate that, because for me, it's, it's, it's very helpful, but, right, um, and necessary right now, yes, really, uh, because also for me to be able to be on tour, and just know my, I, there's no one else I would be able to, to trust my children with for a month at a time. Um, right. You know, like I have to believe that they're in good hands and, you know, they're having a great time. And Henry does not, my children do not miss me. Henry and Theodore, they don't miss me. <laughs> That's the reason why I can do it. Yeah. You're, I'm sure your parents are spoiling them rotten in the best way. They literally, Henry, I'm not kidding. He literally gets chocolate milk anytime he wants it any time of the day at any meal hey whatever works (laughs) that's really beautiful I'm trying to think I took some little notes I'm trying to think what else there was I wanted to talk to you about are there any topics that come to mind that you'd like to talk about well I guess what I would like to say is that I feel like even these stories they wrap up into like nice little units and stuff but there have been a lot of times that have been you know down and out and believing literally believing that I was not like that my cookbook career is over um believing that I was going to be a mom when my kids would be like I had this terrible dream over and over about um my son saying saying to their friends or something just like oh hey did you know my mom has a cookbook isn't that weird like (laughs) I was like oh that can't be my life I have to figure it out (laughs) so you know there there are dark definitely dark times and and food does help for sure um and community definitely helps but it's not like Again, in a couple of sentences, it all sounds like it's just gone really seamlessly and stuff. And no, like the dark days, the dark periods can last for a long time. Um, And even my hustling, like, for example, in Dallas, this thing that you seem to be um, admiring me for this hustle or whatever. I mean, I it's it it does take other people like you can't do it in a vacuum yeah and I was trying to collaborate with some people in Dallas and and do some different projects and um I had the bottom fall out of a couple of things that was just really really heartbreaking and I just got swallowed into self-pity being like look at me I'm trying so hard and it's just not working (laughs) and um yeah you know it's always worked out for me why is it not working now um I've had moments of that but um you know, it's just it's a pretty toxic place to live in for an extended period of time. So, I mean, the best thing that I could do is just like, all right, cool. I'd have to move on to the next. I have to think of something something else to focus on, um, Some something else. 
I try to do something that like doesn't make me any money at all. Just something that's like dorky and makes me really happy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just I, I, for example, I was going to self-publish this magazine um, all on like food trash was what I really wanted to do because that seemed like something I would like my national magazines and like my, my big books and stuff. You could never write a full length book on that and no national magazine that I work for would ever publish a story on that, but it doesn't mean that I don't have things to say or think it's a cool subject or whatever. So I try to do things like that. Um, and blogging for me, it's so loaded. It, blogging is no longer that place for me because I just feel like it's it, it too is like already been tainted. Like blogs, people expect to see certain material yeah. there at a certain rate and all it's that. It's become kind of a huge industry now. Yeah, yeah. And then if I like blog a lot, then people like reach out to me to do like sponsored posts and stuff, and I have no interest in doing that. Um, no offense to people who do, it's just not my thing, mm-hmm. uh, or and not the direction I want to go in. Um, right. So, yeah. So my my place where I find, um, exciting projects is like, you know, connecting with photographers and just like having test shoots and saying like, Hey, I really want to do like a really disgusting photo shoot about like food rot, you know, or whatever it is, something that I could never ask, you know, you know, doing crazy, crazy oddball things. And I try and keep that well, pretty full because just writing, you know, a thousand recipes at the end of the day, it all seems like, you know, meatloaf and, you know, lasagnas and um, it it doesn't, it it also in my line of work, everything can seem contrived, um, you know, because what is, what is my recipe for meatloaf saying different than someone else's recipe? Um, so I, I have to also keep my like creative well flowing with cool and different things. Otherwise, I feel like I'm just saying the same vaguely vapid thing over and over, um, which gets very dim. So that's another thing. If you only focus on like the glossy and what, what can sell. Right. Yeah. No, that well is going to dry up really quickly. Yeah, no, that's great. Thank you. For those days when you're, when you're feeling really down, are there, um, like concrete things that you reach for time and again, like, a book or an album or something? <laughs> well, um, my kids. Yeah. I mean, having them, having my husband, you know, having my friends and my husband, actual sources of like creative inspiration. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I it's a really cheesy image, I guess, but as, as you know, I used to be like vaguely a performer in other walks of my early life (laughs) um so I still love to you know crank some Ella Fitzgerald and just like sing the shit out of anything in the kitchen I I love that and I I do that all the time so so just like bringing joy back into just like also doing something pretty physical and like at times boring like if I don't want to cook a recipe it can be hard to actually like get it up to want to like turn the stove on and actually do it I could be feeling lazy. So making it fun by, you know, like singing, like serving friends to make it, you know, new and fresh. And my point is, is like, I can't be focused on who approves of my work. Um, You know, like getting another book deal or getting some big client or whatever. I can't focus on that or else I literally go crazy. Yes. I think that is a universal, universal truth. For sure. 
And then the last question is just usually, do you have any recommendations? So that could mean anything. I don't know if you've seen something recently or read something or there's a recipe you want, you want people to go cook. Obviously, obviously the, the cake magic book, but besides that. Oh, well, I mean, cake magic, it's fun, but, um, I'm trying to think of people that I like to consume that feel really close to my heart. Um, you know, I actually feel like Seattle, there are a lot of Seattle bloggers and food writers that feel like they've welcomed me to town, even though they they actually haven't. But their work and stuff that stands before them is very, you know, they have this voice and, um, you know, Molly Weisenberg, for example, like I just really love her and I really connect to her work really immediately. And, um, you know, there's there is the storytelling aspect and I, that I like you know, live nearby and the, the, some of the same st- sources as her is kind of fun. Right. Uh, I don't mean just like food. I mean like that we're actually like experiencing some of the things food wise together, um, in the same part of the country. It's kind of fun. Um, cool. so yeah, I just, I really like people who do a really good job with the, I mean, MFK Fisher is one of my idols. Um, and I, I, I it's funny, I don't talk about her a lot because to food people, it's like so boring. Um, but she is sort of the, I consider her the original um, cross section of like food and literature. Um, I, I just, she's a great storyteller, beautiful, beautiful food writing, and very literary. Um, so, you know, it fills me up to read her and it reminds me of why I like to do what I do just to make it simple and like be honest and connect. Awesome. Well, I will definitely look those people up. Well, Caroline, thank you for doing this. It makes me so happy to hear about what you're doing and it's really, (laughs) really exciting. Thank you. Thank you for letting me participate in what you're doing. to the compass podcast i'm leah walsh more episodes are coming soon please look for us on facebook and itunes i'd like to thank the following people for their generosity the compass cover art is by kim miller music by brendan spieth audio assistance from nick choksi and a special thanks to frankie j alvarez see you next time Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.